On today's show, a special edition as I am joined by Yahoo Sports National NBA reporter Jake Fisher. Talk about all the latest when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks and the trade wins that are blowing in between the draft and free agency. All of that and more on the way. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1505 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Friday afternoon, the day after the 2023 NBA draft. And if you missed it, we did a full deep dive into what the Hawks did on Thursday and what they didn't do with regard to the roster, but with Kobe Bufkin, with Muhammad Gay, with, with regard to Seth Lundy and all of the stuff around the draft. I talked about that on Thursday evening, very, very late into the night. So if you missed that podcast, I recommend checking out that show right now. Also making it your first listen each and every day here at Locked on Hawks. Please subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple and Spotify, YouTube, etc. Also, we did all kinds of like wall-to-wall coverage about the draft and the salary cap and the Hawks roster, a full series with Glenn Willis of Peachtree Hoops and ATL 29 talking about the entire roster. It's still very relevant right now with regard to the player capsules from the top of the roster with DeJounte Murray and Clint Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, to the young guys like AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bay, etc., all of that is available for you right now in this podcast feed. And as I mentioned before on the teaser, today I'll be joined by Jake Fisher of Yahoo. Jake and I are friendly, dating back for quite some time now, but he has risen very quickly and uh, sort of to the very, very top of the industry, one of the leading newsbreakers and reporters in the entire NBA space. He covers the league for Yahoo, also has podcast stuff, all that stuff we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But uh, Jake has been all over the place with regard to uh, reporting stuff on the Hawks, sort of emptying out his notebook uh, in the lead up to the draft. Also had a sort of morning after column on Friday that we'll talk about as well. So I say all that. This is a very valuable sort of uh, special guest appearance. I was not planning to do another show until Sunday or Monday, but when Jake is available, I definitely wanted to get this show out there for everybody going into the weekend. And we'll have much more in the future. I'll have my stuff on summer league scheduling, and uh, some luxury tax stuff that kind of popped up a little bit today. Um, the Hawks made some transactions that were reported on Exhibit 10 contracts, two-way contracts, we'll save all of that for later. But for now, myself and Jake Fisher talking about the entire trade landscape for the Hawks, what's going on, what you can believe, what you're got, what, sort of uncertain at this point, and all that fun stuff. Here is Jake Fisher. I'm joined by a friend of mine and also a very prominent voice in NBA reporting these days. Jake Fisher of Yahoo is here. Hello, Jake. What's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm well. I appreciate you doing this the day after the draft. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, I guess I guess I'll ask you this. This is more of a you question, but what's crazier for you, the lead up to the draft or the lead up to free agency in your job? Um, I guess like crazier, I'll say draft because like the free agency stuff is starting to come in. It's still and, in there, yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff can't be talked about right now and is not being talked about for sure. There's definitely not conversations happening between teams and free agents. <laughs> That's not a thing. But I think also like a lot of the moves that are happening in the draft or in the stage for free agency and vice versa. So, um, I mean, like this is definitely jumping the gun and like complete conjecture. I'm, I'm just putting together two the things that would make sense. I'm throwing it out there. Like it's certainly possible John Collins ends up departing the Hawks by way of like a sign and trade somewhere. Like just like any you know veteran player. So all yeah. those things are already starting to take shape during the draft and um, trades that can't happen now slash into free agency. A lot of them were just talked about during the draft. So there's a lot of noise in both directions, but um, 
the draft compared to like free agency and the trade deadline is always my favorite. And um, it's, I'd say probably where I become a little more like active on Twitter. I don't like to tweet too often. Um, <laughs> it's because there's like an, and I say this all the time, there's an order. It's kind of like from a, through the analogy of like a, like a quiz mechanism when you're in middle school, like the trade deadline is kind of column A and column B and column C where A are players uh, or A, A are players. And then C, B is positions and C is the teams. And you kind of have to draw the line to all of them, but like not every piece on the board is going to have a line drawn. Sometimes guys not dealt or sometimes yeah. the team was looking for, you know, I remember Tyreek Evans years ago, the Grizzlies were shopping him all around and they were looking for a first round pick and never got a first round pick, had multiple second round picks on the table, turned him down. And then Tyreek left in free agency for nothing. Um, yep. <laughs> but like they just didn't get what they wanted, like that type of stuff. Um, just it's harder to understand compared to when the draft, there's going to be an order one through 60. This year is 58 and everyone in the NBA ecosystem from people at the union who are just keeping tabs on things because that's their job leave office people same thing agents who are very very invested in their players going to particular cities and organizations and uh numbers because of the affiliated price range of the rookie scale contracts to teams who are trying to figure out what's happening above them so it's kind of fun draft night to you know start thinking about, all right, the Atlanta Hawks are 15th and it's the 10th pick now. So they've had conversations with Dallas. I know Atlanta's also trying to figure out what's happening at 11, 12, 13, 14. So maybe we can work together to start figuring that out. And by the time they're on the clock, maybe I can know what's happening there. That's kind of, I think the most fun part of my job. Uh, my girlfriend was sitting next to me on the couch and like, we're texting and figuring out what's going on. And then the couple of times where you do get something out before it, the, it happened on the broadcast, she was kind of getting a, a kick out of it. It, it can't, <laughs> it can be kind of thrill. It can be kind of thrilling to like sure. piece, yeah. piece together what this puzzle is in real time that the whole league has been trying to piece together for a month now in earnest since the combine, everyone, other people have been thinking about it for longer, but like, the combine really starts this thing. I mean, at that, at that point in time, there's only four teams left in the playoffs. 26 teams are trying to figure out the draft and then draft night, it all comes together. So that's my long rambling answer to your question that I hope made no, sense. It, it did for sure. And yeah, I mean, uh, and you throw in, you mentioned it, but like just trying to figure out, like, I, I love the draft for prospects. Like I, I, I that's not, yeah. it's, like, it's not your beat anymore. I know that like you're not diving into like second round film or anything like that, but I love that part of it. Too. Yeah. It's a wild, uh, it's a wild night. I mean, you you mentioned the Hawks there. Obviously, uh, we'll talk about some stuff that you've talked about already or whatever. But what's I mean? So overall, people, I got some responses. I'm sure you're not surprised. People were surprised they didn't do anything last night, yeah. as far as the roster is concerned. I don't think it was like shocking. Maybe you disagree that like they didn't make a move now, but it's more surprising if they don't make a move the next two weeks. Kind of what I've been saying. Like that's you don't have to do your business on, on draft night, but you've been plugged in. I mean, you've been reporting stuff. Your notebook's been very full on the Hawks stuff. Like. Generally speaking, we can dive into players too, but like, what do you think? Like, what are they trying to do? Like, it, is it cost cutting? Is it just retooling? Like, what's the feeling out there about what the Hawks are even trying to do right now? 
Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is fantastic bringing comfort, fit, and versatility to the table with their products. I feel great and comfortable in my own skin when wearing Bird Dogs gear and Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you that soft look that you're looking for this summer. They fit much better than regular shorts. They happen to be made of that stiff, restricting cotton that you might not enjoy. Bird Dogs also fixes that issue by inventing their cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but also happens to stretch, giving you that slimmer fit without actually having to sacrifice anything with regard to your movements. They also use that anti-sweat wicking fabric to keep you cool and dry all day long. And in the end, Bird Dogs makes amazing products across the board. And you're going to want to check them all out now by going to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. When you get there, use that promo code. It is LockedOnNBA. When you do use that code, it is actually going to net you a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with each and every order. One more time, check out birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. I've written a lot about the Hawks because the Hawks are definitely very active on the phones. And when you're talking to Indiana and to Dallas and to Utah and to Toronto and to, you know, keep going on the list, you know, it gets around and I start hearing about it and I start asking about it. So, yeah, I was surprised that something didn't necessarily go down, but also like I kept saying it too, and it sounded like a hedge at the time, but there's so many of these trade situations whether it was, you know, the Lakers like liking to potentially move up from 17, Brooklyn at 21, 22, Utah at the 28th pick was a pick that everyone I was talking to around the league in the late afternoon was looking at potential trade scenarios that I think even maybe Atlanta was involved in at a certain point in time. Um, like a lot of that stuff, especially this draft, more than any draft I've ever covered, this is my 10th draft there was just so much maneuverability in both directions that I've seen as a real possibility. Like, sure. Every team calls every team ahead of them and says, what would it take to get up? And then they call teams behind them and say, what are you looking, how high are you looking to move up? What, what would you be willing to do? That type of stuff, just to play their, just to get all their cards and see what options they can have depending on who's available. But this year there just seemed to be such an uncertainty Judd Howard was not expected to go, you know, 11th, for example. He definitely was a, a late teens type of guy. And I'm not saying the Magic, like, reached. And what a terrible pick for the Magic. I don't know anything about these players. <laughs> I haven't watched these guys. I like Anthony Black because I watched 10 minutes of his YouTube highlights just to get a sense of how he plays and moves and whatever. Um, but, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So um, I said that to say I'm not necessarily surprised that Atlanta didn't get a deal done because – you know, one of their trade-up opportunities seemed to be really strong with Dallas, and the Mavericks ended up using it not to gain something, but to get off of Davis Bertans' deal with OKC. And that's to, to lead this back to Atlanta and what I think they're trying to accomplish here. When we saw it with Dallas with Bertans, and the Kings kind of did the same thing with Dallas sending... I mean, the Kings basically traded the 24th pick to the Mavericks for, like, minimum considerations... I don't even know what the return is uh, back to Sacramento. I think it's like next to nothing. Um, if there's a little bit more out there, I apologize. But from my understanding in the middle of all the madness, as I'm talking to you now, super exhausted <laughs> after like five hours of sleep for, for of like four straight nights. Um, like I don't think the Mavericks sent anything of like big, strong value back to sack. So they, I mean, there was word they were looking to move that pick and get off of it for their own salary counting too. DeMontis Abontis has a lot of money potentially upcoming here. Uh, so the Kings like used a legitimate first pick to get off of Rashawn Holmes's contract um, right after Dallas moves. Um, Davis Bertans to OKC. The biggest cap move of the night was Golden State. Like this new CBA with the second yeah. tax apron that's supposed to target teams like Golden State. 
Golden State, the big bad, you know, the checkbook victory that everyone was complaining about last year, they're moving Jordan Poole and his four-year, 128, something like that, million-dollar contract to the Wizards to get back Chris Paul at his $30 million salary, which, I mean, I was very doubtful. A lot of cat people I knew around the league were very doubtful that a contending team would be willing to pay Chris Paul $30 million this year. But for the Warriors, they were already going to pay that to Jordan Poole. And next year, Chris Paul's salary for 2025 is entirely non-guaranteed. So you can wipe your hands clean of that, save some money. I don't know what that'll end up being. You know, will they become a cap space player and all that stuff because we got Clay being extension eligible right now. Draymond opted out. There's a lot still left to be determined of Golden State's offseason. That's for sure. Um, so and then to bring it back to Atlanta, they're not the only team in this situation. I mean, people around the league are looking at Tyler Hero. I don't know. I don't know for certain if there'll be anything there, but like Jordan Poole just signed a basically an identical contract to him and Golden State moved him for Chris Paul before that contract even began to save themselves long-term. So will Miami and their star huntingness, obviously he would probably be their centerpiece for an offer for Dame Lillard. But even regardless of that, I think we'll hear Tyler Hero's name come up at least conceptually. So with Atlanta, when you have John Collins with, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I think it's still two years left, right? At like 25 million, is it three? Three? Well, third year as a player option, which he might opt into, obviously. So yeah. Yeah, so two guaranteed years left. Um, yeah. I mean, DeAndre Hunter, I believe also this was this is the next this year starts his four year. Yeah. Um, so those are the two names I'm really looking out for. I mean, a lot of teams have called on Clint Capella for sure. Like I know definitively from both sides of the Dallas Atlanta talks that um, in that Collins 15 10 stuff that was originally pitched, the Mavericks wanted Clint Capella in there. I think there might have also been, I mean, I just. I don't have it like rocks off the top of my head, but like I can't imagine they didn't talk about DeAndre Hunter, and I believe they did in cer- certain aspects too. Um, but yeah, there was talks with Hunter with Indiana that on Tuesday night, I remember um, I play pickup every Tuesday at 6.30 at this high school in uh, like Lincoln Center area in Manhattan, and it's in like the, the second floor basement of the school. It's a very nice court, but there's not a lot of good phone service down there. And I didn't give a shit though. Like... Um, <laughs> I just like needed my pickup reprieve. I was like, if something happens while I'm playing, it's fine. Like it's meant to be. Um, but I got a text from someone saying like, yo, there's something close with Atlanta and Indiana. Um, and then the word was getting around about Hunter. And I, I don't know specifics, but I think Atlanta um, ended up being the ones to, or no, Indiana ended up being the ones to back out from my understanding. Um, but it doesn't really matter who backed out at this point. Like, yeah, it's like interesting yeah. fodder to what's when it happens, but um, yeah, because you know, people always want to know. I'm sure, like, you write something like, how close was it? Doesn't really. I mean, and Indiana yeah. moved on. Obviously, they've done other things now, and they've done a lot. Yeah, of, they've been really active. Yeah, so like, I'm pretty sure that 29th pick that they sent to Denver was involved in the Hunter stuff, and like after those talks fell apart, Indiana was like, we're moving on. Like this thing didn't happen. I don't know how, if there was like contentious or I don't know about that, but. Well, and that's um, how I want to ask you actually, cause like you're in the, you're in this stuff, like, you know, fans, of course, they, they see something that was close or they, and they, it's, it's frustrating to a fan. that like, wants something to happen. You know, they just, they just want transactions, yeah. but like you, you can speak to it. This stuff happens even 
the stuff that gets reported, it's just a fraction, I assume, of like the stuff that is kind of close that happens. And then just for whatever reason, it, it breaks off. And yeah. it doesn't mean the doors close forever. But like, especially if you're like what, everything you just said about the Hawks, they have these three or four guys that all make real money. And like, it's like a lot of moving parts, especially if they're kind of more actively looking to cut salary, which has been reported, I think. And I've heard the same thing. Like they, they kind of want to cut salary. And, you know, Collins is the one that's hilarious. Like we all know yeah. it's been three and a half years of this. But I mean, is it does that sound right to you? Like how... It's very frequent. More, I think more than fans yeah. recognize that, like how many deals get close and just fall apart for yeah. no reason at all. Just more yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that, especially like frameworks, like oh, they talked about this player and that and that that I end up getting, and I try to phrase it always like usually something that is either getting like bookmarked for later or they're they reached an impasse and they're done because that's how they get out. Like oh, like this happened, and you know we're not going to do it. But a lot of those things still like. There was definitely still talks between Dallas and Atlanta as the draft continued. I mean, that's just hmm. you, you make the like. Remember, I remember in the uh, Grantland. What, what do they call it? God, the thing with the Kings, the draft three What was the special called? Whatever it was, where it was Pete Dallasandro's oh, front office. Yeah, um, I, remember that, I remember that clip where there's a clip of uh, sorry, there's a clip of him calling Philadelphia at three. Um, to try to see if they can get Joel Embiid, and he says something like, "Yeah, I know that you know you don't want to you don't want to trade it, but we're just trying one last time." You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff. I mean, these are just <laughs> yeah, these are guys just like you and me, guys and gals, just, just like all just of having, us. They're just having talks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is interesting. Um, yeah, but to, but to the last thing about um, like why this one fell apart, um, I think generally a sense I've gotten from I'll, I'll say two things one I don't think Atlanta is like you know cost cutting to like an egregious degree that we're like fans because I, I know there's now this culture in the NBA Twitterverse where like the second a team or, or a fan base hears about like a, fa- a, a team saving money it's like man our owner's cheap like why do we spend our hard our, our hard-earned money to pay for season tickets and you know they're they this billionaire can't blah 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 and this could sound like propaganda, but a, a lot of the stuff also, like a lot of teams are trying to save money to be able to spend it later. Like if you get into the tax now and keep being in the tax, like the, especially on this new situation, you're, like your, your damages are going to become more and more punitive. So I think a lot of the time cost saving stuff that gets misconstrued by the fans is like just, um, cheapness from an owner. Like maybe, I mean, that does happen for sure, but yeah. I think like for Atlanta's perspective, you know, DeJounte Murray's name has definitely come up in trade talks this year, but like they gave up three first round picks for him last year. They're not just going to let him walk for nothing. And he's up for a very lucrative extension. You got Onyeka Kongwu, who's up for a very lucrative extension. Sadiq Bey, who the whole league knew wanted around $20, $25 million before he got traded to Atlanta. The Hawks gave up five second round picks, which isn't like, you know, the whole war chest, but that's not nothing. Like, they clearly are prepared to pay him, <clears throat> excuse me, more money. Like I think a lot of the cost saving moves that teams do now is also with the idea of spending later. So um, I forget what my second point was going to be, but no, it's, 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 it's all good. <laughs> I, I think uh, people, people are going to love the, to hear that you say that. Cause I, I occasionally poke and prod uh, Tony wrestler for cutting the tax. So I think people are going to like <laughs> the other, hear, hear the other side of that on the podcast. Yeah. 
Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. If you've ever been trying to take a ticket to a big event at the last minute, it can really be stressful. Not the best idea possibly for your mental state or your wallet even. After all, my ticket should not be a hassle. It's actually the fun of it that's part of the appeal with Game Time. Game Time, Game Time is the fastest, easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater. You can avoid all the stress and getting hyped for the fun instead that you're going to have because Game Time has killer deals and the best price guarantee. But Game Time, it's also easy to find the best deals. Plus, you can actually see where the images are going to be of the seats that you'll actually have. And they have protection if your event happens to be canceled forget all the months of planning in advance there are tickets and deals on those tickets right up to the day of the event with game time and a game time guarantee also means you have the best possible price if you buy tickets in the same section in the same row for less you'll be credited 110 percent of the difference with game time it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason you can buy tickets just a matter of seconds plus they'll be sent directly to your phone to make things easy for you download the game time app right now create an account use the promo code locked on mba when you get there for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account with the Game Time app, reading the promo code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you enjoy the DFS space, make sure you check out the warming app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's amazing. I know that you will love it as well. It's very easy to use. I've been playing Prize Picks for a couple of years now. It's really a breeze and a lot of fun to dive into all of what they offer on the app. They all you have to do is actually choose two six players and actually choose whether to actually have more or less than a certain number of points or rebounds or assists. Other stats and other sports, of course, like yards and football, etc. And the price picks, you don't want the 25 times the amount of money on your entry. They offer numbers on all kinds of sports. That includes, of course, basketball in the NBA space, WNBA, college basketball, etc. Also the NFL, college football, MLB, NHL, PGA, they have soccer, esports, and much more. And a whole entry can be done in just a minute or less. It's that easy and it's that quick. Plus, it's just you against the numbers. It's very simple. Price picks has safe and fast withdrawals as well. They're operating in more than 30 states now, plus Canada. Follow the app right now with price picks. Go to price com to sign up and play data fantasy sports and when you get there if you're a first time user get 100 as a deposit match up to 100 dollars with promo code locked on don't forget that promo code it is locked on at sign up for the instant deposit match up to 100 dollars check it out now at price picks you mentioned murray i was gonna ask you about murray because like you know the other three guys who i do i will ask you about too collins hunter capella murray's in kind of a different category obviously like you've reported i think multiple times now that like the whole roster is available other than trey essentially which would include yeah. Dejounte. Um, the Hawks, the Hawks have told me that like, yeah, so okay. that's not a surprise. I, I've, I kind of said the same thing and I mean, you're more plugged in than I am, but, um, but DeJounte is a weird one. Like you mentioned a second ago, they traded a lot for him. He's the second best player. What do you know what the feeling is there? Like how, not that they're like, they're definitely not shopping. I mean, I know you've reported that, but you know, what kind of calls are they like, what's even the market? Like it's kind of a weird situation because he is hitting for agency next year and he's making this yeah. kind of small salary. Now there's a lot of moving parts there. You know, I don't have admittedly as much insight into this part as I'd like. I mean, from his representation side of things, it seems like <clears throat> it seems like um, they would want to be involved in steering him to the next situation. Um, so that undoubtedly plays a factor and slows a process. Um I mean, same thing with Pascal Siakam, who's been a target for Atlanta, right? Like, when you're extension eligible, you do have some type of agency as an agent, as a player, to try to help maneuver your way. I mean, that's what DeJounte did to get to Atlanta. You know, he, he didn't just call a shot and say, I want to go to the Hawks, and it happened. But him wanting to be in Atlanta and trying to get to a team early that would, in theory, be wanting to pay – the next contract next summer that he couldn't have gotten 
earlier under the old CBA. We'll see if this new 140% thing encourages players like him and OG Ananobi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. That was weird. <clears throat> wow. Sorry you've, about that. You've been, you've, been, you've been talking a lot the last, the last few days. Yeah. I understand. We'll see. We'll see if that ends up influencing those guys and other guys in their situation. Both those guys um, are both represented by Rich Paul. Um, we'll see if that changes things about them being more willing to sign now as opposed to having to wait to get probably fair price points um, next year. But like, I, I think trading DeJounte has a lot more hurdles to climb than, I mean, sure, with DeAndre and with John Collins, like their people are going to be involved and have been involved too. Um, but I, I think with DeJounte's situation, the fact that he's got that extension thing looming and he is an all-star. That's, that's a big differentiator between those other two players. Um, there'll probably be a little bit more of that, like added power player ness that comes into these types yeah. of things. Yeah. I mean, and Rich Paul's gotten a lot of juice too, as you, as everybody knows, I think at this point. Um, so I'll start with Hunter. Uh, I've said this before. I have a hard time figuring out what I kind of how the Hawks value Hunter right now because you know Travis Schlenk was the one that drafted him and paid him. And he's not there anymore. It's new front office, all that stuff. Like, what's your sense about like a what the Hawks feel about Hunter, but also what like what's the league think about the Hunter? Because he's kind of a he's kind of a guy that I get a lot of mixed reactions on. So I wonder what you've heard about yeah. any of that. I mean, especially in this new climate with the CBA that we're that we've been kind of you know hovering around all conversation. Guys who have long-term money at a big numbers that have injury histories are just not in vogue right now. Bradley Beal's value, I think, was massively hampered by the no-trade clause, but also the fact that he hasn't been incredibly available throughout his career. He his his situation was very is very interesting, being that at the beginning of his career he had this whole reputation of I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, I think he was like under around 50 games played in the first of his three seasons and then like made it a mission to play all 82. And then like the last couple of years as the wizards have definitely faded from playoff contention, it's gone in concert with his lack of availability on the court. So with Deandre, like his value was at a, I don't know, all time high. I'd say in the playoffs when they made that run to the, um, Eastern Conference Finals, because if I remember correctly, he was playing really well, and then he got hurt, right? And then his absence was glaring. Yeah, he's been – I mean, it's not that he's been banged up all the time, but he's had some ill-timed absences. Like, when he was – his second second season was probably when he was playing his best, and he got hurt, like, right after he had a stretch of his career. So, it's – yeah. When he was, like, showing playmaking stuff, and people were kind of saying, oh, like, maybe this guy could be a legit number three, maybe even, like, a number two on an amateur team, like kind of the role Andrew Wiggins played for the Warriors um, as kind of like a small ball four type thing. Um, and I think that's where the league does see him now as a small ball four. He's not playing down a position in a lot of these teams' eyes. Like the Pacers were definitely looking at him for that power forward slot. I mean, Detroit, who the hell knows where they're viewing him <laughs> as because they have all these bigs. Um, but I would think – the fact that they have all these bigs, they would maybe try him on the wing a little bit. Um, but yeah, in terms of like trade asset valuation stuff now, I don't have a clear sense, but I mean, the Pacers were like, we're not putting the seventh pick on the table for DeAndre Hunter. Like that wasn't no. something that 
was being considered, and they definitely were with uh, Golden State for Jonathan Kaminga. So that's at least one comparable. And Kaminga is a lot younger and does not have a massive contract yet. So um, very different situations, but that's at least a, um, a benchmark to provide for you. Yeah, and you know, not to always compare them together, but you know, with Collins, I think we all kind of kind of know the deal. It's it's a big contract. It's not like completely ridiculous, but it's a lot of money for him. He yeah. uh, he's been squeezed. He's been he's been squeezed in Atlanta, and you know, I think a lot of the perception is like Hunter's more attractive because he's well, he's actually not younger. They're the same age, hmm. but uh, he's kind of seen as that. You know, he's 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 not quite yeah. as French as Collins, all that stuff. But like, not to ask the question everybody always asks you, but what's happening with John Collins? Is it the same thing that we've been talking about for three years now, or has anything changed? Like, yeah. what's the urgency level? Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to frame it. You, we, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's all the same. If he's listening, there's someone at XL Sports who does not love how often I talk about John Collins, but in this scenario, I'm being asked about it. So um, I, I, I asked Jake this question on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I like John a lot. Everybody knows, everybody knows this to listen to this podcast. I am I, definitely yeah. higher on John than most people are. So there's, there's... I, I like John a lot too. I'm a big fan of John. Um, I think the word squeezed you said has been accurate and. I think he's kind of like undervalued right now in the league to the point where like, I'm kind of surprised how Dallas didn't jump on that opportunity to acquire him where they did. Um, I mean, they clearly wanted Derek Lively and he wasn't getting past New Orleans at 14 to my knowledge. So, um, I mean, it would have depended on things, but I think the way the draft, the way the draft went, that greedy Dick went 13. Um, I, I don't think Lively would have gotten past, um, New Orleans at 10, at 14, but regardless to me, just like the concept of moving down five slots to get off Bert, Bertanz's money, which Collins has more money on the books, but to me getting a fresh start away from what's been, you know, constant trade rumors that yes, I have definitely been guilty of helping perpetuate. <laughs> so, but they I'll exist. say that. With, with but they exist. Think, there's there's conversations yeah. happening. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that Utah and Atlanta keep talking about John Collins. Um, so I did, but I think that to me, Dallas, where Christian Wood did have some really good offensive success alongside Luka Doncic, like, you could add John Collins there where he can both be a pick and pop and a real lob threat for both Luka and Kyrie. I'm still bullish. I've seen defensive flashes of his where he's, you know, the five out there and he's like kind of, it seems like when trust has been put in this dude and he has an expectation to like be contributing and like do this and he's like feeling empowered. It seems like the attention to detail and the effort level on defense has been there. Um, so I'm curious to see how effective he could be on that side of the floor in a new spot. Um, I hope, I hope for his sake, I really do that he, it comes soon, but to bring us to a close, like I do think at this juncture, Atlanta is going to have to be giving up something in terms of asset valuation to get off of him. Um, whether that's, you know, with a draft pick or giving up some, I don't know exactly how that yeah. happens now without the, the draft board that was just in play to do that with. Um, but that's what, I mean, Teams that I've talked to Atlanta said to me, you know, in order to take him, we were we're gonna need some incentivization or sent whatever the word, whatever yeah, the I was gonna, I was conjugation of incentive is. <laughs> I was on my list literally to say, uh, 
are they going to have to attach something? And it sounds like yes, which is not not yeah. a huge surprise. I mean, I I'm not saying a first round pick or a you know lottery protected first round pick, but like, I mean, the Warriors just put a first round pick in the, out the door to uh, get off of Jordan Poole. So the Kings and just put of, in the twenty the twenty fourth pick to get off for Sean Holmes. Yeah, and part of the limitation, of course, is that the Hawks are out some picks. I mean, they they have those picks going to San Antonio for Dejounte, all that stuff. So they can't like be. And the second yeah. set for Sadiq, like they, they can't like be willy nilly on that stuff. But yeah, I've heard the same thing, but I was going to ask you that and the answer without even asking you. Um, but it sounds like it's kind of, kind of still the same thing there. The other guy I want to make sure I ask you before, before I let you go and I appreciate it all the time um, is Clint Capella. So yeah. is his is really interesting because they have a Kongwu number one, a guy they invested a lot in and is, I think is ready to start in most situations. Uh, but also, you know, I think you've said it, I've said it, Trey Young likes Clint Capella. And Clint Capella yeah. is still good, and there's a lot of interesting. Like, okay, so I'll, he, was I, an, he was an animal against the uh, the Heat. I'm trying to find he where played great that heat in the play, and yeah. that Heat game, he was unbelievable. He was great. I mean, but okay, I'll, I'll ask it this way: just to is there is there a chance or even a good chance that they're that they're still doing the Capella and a Kongwu dance going into next season? Because this is year four. I've made this. I don't, I'm not reporting anything here, but if you're a if you're a Kongwu, if you're a Kongwu's agent, I think you probably want to start at some point in your career. Yeah. Um, is are they going to do this again? And just is there a chance that they just do they bring them both back and run into the season? I think so. I mean, the last conversation I had with the highest ranking member of the Hawks that I can get in touch with, um, that person said to me that um, you know we got two great centers, and that's. You know, something that we view as a strength of ours, whether, you know, for trade purposes or um, as, you know, members of our rotation. So, and also like injuries happen over the course of an 82 game series. It is a very nice luxury to have another high on Jalen Johnson too. I mean, he, he was awesome last year. Like of all, I mean, I, I'm not scouring tape as much as, you know, the Michael Pinas and the Dan Devines of the world that are doing it at like a national level. I'm kind of just like watching games to check in and see things that pop and look at dynamics on the bench and just kind of observe certain things and rotations and who's seeming to be making strides here and there. Like I do remember DeAndre's second season um, seeing him become more of a playmaker and being like, oh, this, this is a little interesting. Like he's a little bit more than Rui Hachimura, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And also, also Philly, Philly. I, I just realized, <clears throat> just realized this Philadelphia zone, DeAndre Hunter. I'm sure you have a little bit of extra yeah, uh, attention for sure, one. for sure. Um, <laughs> but Jalen Johnson, I'll just say to wrap this up, uh, was one of my like, ooh, look at that guy, guys of Elite Pass, because yeah. he definitely showed some frisky, you know, in transition playmaking shooting stuff that when you're that big and that athletic is an intriguing i'm sure like for whatever the whatever obi toppin is for the knicks i'm even though he was the seventh pick or eighth pick and had a lot higher expectations i'm sure there's some type of that you know relationship with jalen johnson and hawks fans right oh oh yeah the hawks fans are uh they think uh, the, the comparison I always get, you'll appreciate this again, go back to Philly. Uh, I, I got a lot of the Ben Simmons, but, but better kind of. This is the one overall pick guys. Uh, people were unironically comparing him to LeBron. Is he a two-time all-star Ben Simmons? Three-time all-star? Definitely a multi-time all-star. Something like that. Uh, but no, yeah. yes. Jalen Johnson has a lot of uh, hype locally as is AJ Griffin. And I mean, you know, yeah. is I think, okay, I'll, I'll ask this too. Is part of the reason because we talked about cost cutting earlier is part of the reason they want to move one or two of these 
more high price guys to clear some more playing time for the likes of AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson? Is that part of, of like what you've heard or is it just more roster balance and that kind of thing? I haven't heard it, but I'm sure. I mean, roster balance also means that, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, the one thing that is certain is that Atlanta has looked up and down and left and right at how to tweak this roster. So, um, at times trying to p- figure out exactly what the goal is has been challenging because I think Agreed. a lot of the things they've been trying to do are a little counterintuitive. I'm not saying that, that they're screwing up in that sense. I just think we're very early in the off season. So yeah. the draft was just the first opportunity to make some things happen here. I mean, Portland is in a very different situation, but the same logic applies. Like they still have a long stretch of the off season to try to remake this roster into a better contending situation around Damian Lillard. Atlanta's got between now and the start of training camp to hit, to have a roster that has 90% minimum of the salary cap. Not saying that's the goal, but at least that that's everyone's new thing. Just like every, every team has to do that. And then they're trying to figure out just how to reshape things here to best maximize this team's chances of competing, you know, now and into the future around Trey Young with Quinn Snyder as their, full-time, full-time, full-time head coach after coming in uh, in like the fourth semester and getting his feet wet. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the way, and you can, you can tell me I'm crazy or not answer at all. The the only hot take I've given is it's not hot at all is that, I think that they're not going to run it back with the, with their top ten guys they have in our contract. I think so. I think at least one of them is going to be traded. That's that's the only thing I've ever said. Yeah, I, I mean, some of a ten man rotation being uh, like you know swapped out. That's like a ten percent chance. So let's, I'll say going out of a limb on a ten percent chance is not uh not anything too crazy. Yeah, it, it just feels like given all the dynamics in play, like what you said, they talked about so many guys. They have the. I'm not saying they have to cut salary, but money is a thought process. It's part of the calculus, um, you know, all that stuff. So they're an interesting spot. Yeah. And also coming up, coming off back-to-back play in appearances does not make anybody happy, especially ownership and leadership. Like nobody wants that. So when you're paying a lot of money. So anyway, well, Jake, thanks for all the time, man. I, I appreciate it. Thank uh, you, man. Again, 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 I should say again, the day after <laughs> the draft, I didn't sleep at all. Yeah. Either. You didn't sleep at all. It is what it is. We're both uh, on fumes, I'm sure. Uh, not that I, you need to be plugged on my show, but anything you want to plug on this on this particular? Oh man, we were every every show is a platform to new people who have never heard you talk before. So if you want to hear me talk more, I'm on the No Cap Room podcast on our Ball Don't Lie podcast feed at Yahoo Sports. Um, my book built to lose is still out there. There's some Hawks yeah. almost drafting Giannis out that the compo details in there. Yeah. Um, and we got, we got more free agency and trade stuff coming on the website. Uh, the next couple of weeks, I mean, I'm praying to God that it's all done by July 12th, my flight out of Vegas, but I'm worried that we might have a Donald Mitchell late summer trade scenario thing, just like last year. Not saying oh, Donald Mitchell, but something, you know, of the effect, in the middle uh, of vacation for you. Uh, I will. Yeah. I will also see you. I, I will see you in Las Vegas. I'm sure you work a lot harder than I do. Out sure, there, but I will see you. At well, some I'll tell you a lot of what I do is just hang out and make dumb jokes in Vegas. So, well, that's where that's where we met the first time long ago. Uh, when you, I, I think ago. we're not even 21 years old yet when, when we met. I'm fairly sure that was the case. Young my first summer league. My first summer league. I was 20. Yeah, there you first go. Vegas summer league. I'm, I'm a long time ago all right jake thanks for doing this man i do appreciate it as for everybody else subscribe to this podcast read all of jake's work i'm sure there's going to be a lot of it and we'll see you all next time